What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Chiefs win 23-20 on the road over the New York Jets in what was, let's be honest, a pretty ugly game. The offense was meh, at least compared to what we've come to expect from that group. And the defense, while they did make some plays, they also made Zach Wilson look like an NFL starting caliber quarterback. So there's a lot to break down. We're going to talk through some of the records that were broken, some moments from this game that we probably won't forget, and a whole lot more. This is 10 Things. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 10 Things. Hello, good people, and welcome to 10 Things here on KC Sports Network. I'm BJ Kissel, hanging out with Haley Lewis. Haley, what's good? The Chiefs won. That's all we have to say. That's all I care. Say one, it's a W. We'll talk about it. We'll forget about it later. Actually, let's let's say that. We'll forget about it. Yeah, I, I enjoy doing these kinds of shows. Like, what are you going to re- remember about this game like two months from now? Like, there's a few things. I want to tease. I want to give it away now. We've got 10 things to get through. Uh, but there are two things that I feel like I'm really going to remember uh, after this game. But uh, the one thing that I want all of you to remember is that we appreciate Mission Taco Joint for being the presenting sponsor of this show. There's now three locations in Kansas City, including the new one out at Leewood in the Park Place location. And we love them not only for being the presenting sponsor of the show and for making great tacos and great guac. Always got to get the guac there. But also appreciate the fact that uh, they partnered with us and our foundation uh, to give back with our Feed It Forward program that we partnered with Hope Faith Ministries, the homeless shelter. Once a month, Mission Taco and uh, folks from KC Sports Network are going up to Hope Faith and delivering and serving meals uh, to KC's homeless. And we appreciate their support. And if you want to support us and support them, you can go to any Mission Taco Joint location in Kansas City on Tuesdays. Mention KCSN and you get 10% off your order. And make sure to order the brand new, now that it's, it's the first show that we've got a chance to talk about this, the Any Given Holiday Drink at the Mission Taco locations. All proceeds from that are going um, to the KCSN Foundation and benefiting Braden's Hope, uh, which is pediatric uh, cancer research um, organization. They do phenomenal work. And so you go to any of the Mission Taco locations, get an any given holiday drink. It's got pineapple. It's got the Ben Holiday bourbon. Ooh. Trust me, one of my favorite days ever of working at KCSN was the taste testing day, <laughs> Haley, of going to make sure that the cocktails were good. And trust me, they're very, very good. So go order that. Get to help some good people and have a good drink at the same time. Paid to get tipsy at work. Yeah. It was in like middle of the afternoon, like a Tuesday too. <laughs> like it's it better. Was, it was great. I drink a ton. Get everybody. to bed by seven. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there too many practices and then I was sitting out and sweating in the heat watching my son play football, I think that day. But yeah. anyway, appreciate Mission Taco Joint for their support. All right. Hey, let's get to the 10 things okay. uh, top of mind for us right now. Um, a lot of these stats we found, next-gen stats, pro football focus, the game notes following the game from the Chiefs Communications Department. So a lot of this coming from a lot of different places, but want to get us started? Yeah, let's talk about it. Mahomes. Mahomes. Good one to start with. <laughs> 200th career touchdown. It looked like one of his worst games ever, but there was a record broken. Uh, the fact that he completes the feat in five games faster than the previous record holder, that of course being Dan Marino. Uh, so 84 games, he gets 200 career touchdown passes. That happened when he hit Noah Gray for that 34-yard pass in the first quarter mm-hmm. when all things were nice and dandy. 
Yeah, it started off there awesome. Is. Like we're gonna get into the a lot Dude. of this. We don't want to kind of talk over some of the other points here. But the thing I love about this show, and if you've listened to this, if you listened to it last year, kind of always start with Mahomes. Yeah, with all the records, it's either Andy Reid and the wins. It's always or it's, something new. Yeah, or it's Patrick Mahomes and what he's doing. But again, we talked about not normalizing greatness, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. These are the kinds of stats and records and paces that uh, we try to be very intentional about explaining. And that again, Patrick Mahomes. 84 games it took him in his career to start his career to reach 200 passing touchdowns and looking at the top five i know right two of like best quarterbacks ever uh dan marino aaron Rodgers, peyton manning and brett Favre. i've heard of them yeah they're all decent it's just crazy to me to think that it took aaron Rodgers 15 more regular season games with or 15 more games almost an entire season uh to reach 200 passing touchdowns uh once he got in there so because uh, he spends so much time in the box just chilling in the suite. All right. We're going to move on to number two. So That's this a is also good decision. Patrick <laughs> Mahomes uh, at 51 rushing yards on seven rushes slash scrambles. His 51 rushing yards bring his career total to 1,701 yards rushing, earning him the franchise record for rushing yards by a quarterback in franchise history. Mahomes 51 rushing yards tonight or last night, Sunday night, surpassed the previous record of 1,672 set by Alex Smith. And it was Mahomes' fourth quarter 24-yard rush that kept the Chiefs' drive alive, converting on mm-hmm. third and 22. Mahomes' heroics kept the ball in the offense's hand as they worked to secure or worked the clock to secure the 23-20 to 20 win. Uh, some other guys. Oh, friend of the program, Trent Green, uh, is on here. Top five rushing, most rushing yards in a career by a Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, like we just said, number one. Alex Smith, number two. Lenny Dawson, the late, great Lenny Dawson, number three. Uh, then Steve Fuller and Trent Green rounding out the top five. It's what what is interesting about this stat is the fact that when you think of Patrick Mahomes, maybe earlier in the beginning of his career, you thought of him as more of like a not not ever more of a running quarterback right. and than what he can obviously put through the air. But he scrambled more. It was before defenses really caught on to what he was doing. Now we're, you know, years down the line and we see this. And you don't really think of Mahomes as much of a running quarterback per se. Yeah. However, when he gets pissed and can't get it done through the air and things aren't maybe flowing, he's like, oh, I got to take care of it again. Yeah. And like, you'll just see him yeah. so frustrated. And there was that one play where I think he even just dove to get the first down. It ended up being called back, I think, due to a holding call. Um, shocker there. But the fact that he will just put his body on the line, it scares the crap out of everyone in Chiefs Kingdom because you don't want to see that. You want to wrap him in bubble wrap and hope that he never moves out the pocket. But the fact that he's able... To get those yards, and I mean, kind of runs funny too. Yeah, like he's called like sneaky, done. He's called like sneaky athletic. Like that was the way they used to describe. And no, it's no, it's, it's a whole different conversation. Just, but like, just interesting. Yeah, it. I go back to and obviously bringing up a different game, but the playoff game against the Bengals last year, he's running around on like one leg and has like the fastest ball carrying time of his right. career. He's running faster than he's ever ran before. Uh, I know, obviously, you know, one of the guys who helps him has helped him most of his life. Bobby Stroop tweets out a lot of these things and a lot of the next gen staff and the analytics as far as like how he's training. If you watch the series, you know, quarterback on Netflix, like, sure, he's still he's like more of that inside in the best way, like a nerd about that stuff. Like, it's the advanced training information, like analytic, this, the, the technology that's available now. Uh, to get these guys to be at their absolute best in every which way. Right. Uh, it's crazy. And per next gen stats, Patrick Mahomes clinched the Chiefs' 23-20 win over the Jets last night on a nine-yard scramble on third and eight with two minutes remaining in the game. 
This is, again, per next gen stats. Mahomes on scramble runs in 2023. 159 rushing yards ranks first in the NFL. 11 first downs okay. tied for first in the NFL. And plus 16.0 EPA, which is also first in the NFL. He's the best scrambling quarterback in the NFL. What else do you say? Like I just didn't see that one coming. Is I mean, after I think it may maybe because of what he does through the air is so magical sometimes yeah. that you forget that he can scramble this well. Uh, and and you mentioned his trainer tweeting out things about him. I mean, it's incredible what they get him ready for in any given situation, and he always capitalizes. You give him the slightest bit of opportunity. I'm so sorry for any defense that faces him. That's to be so frustrating. It's not just that there's not a weakness in his game; it's that everything is a strength. Like everything is, <laughs> he's really good at That's everything. It's like, it's like, oh, he can make these crazy passes and he's super accurate. He can throw off platform and he yeah. can throw back across his body. And you're like, oh, don't do that unless you're Patrick Mahomes because he trains this stuff. The fact that you add in the rushing and when to rush and the feel for the game, the feel for his pocket presence. That's the full IQ, yeah. It's one of the things that kind of jumps out when you watch other quarterbacks, especially just watching really as a bad example, because Mac Jones is terrible. But you watch other, and even like Aiden O'Connell, like with the the bad Raiders games. (laughs) No, but like they have no feel or like internal clock as far as when to run out of the pocket. Or if you start to scramble the pocket and then you chop your feet and get like set to platform throw, like you can't do that because there's guys chasing you from behind. And that's when a lot of the strip sacks and a lot of those things happen. And you never see it with Mahomes. You rarely ever see him leave the pocket reset his feet and then deliver it on a platform sure. throw. He is throwing on the run as soon as he starts scrambling. He stops he never stops moving once he leaves the pocket. Mm-hmm. He's trying to hit a moving target. Uh which is obviously proving to be very difficult for people because he's the best in the league at it. Shocker. Also interesting that, you know, this is arguably one of his worst games ever. We're still talking about the fact that he leads the league in yeah. in all these different, you know, situations and the fact that with with what he was able to do on the ground yesterday, the yeah. Chiefs Got it done. It's it's either heavy duty spin that we just don't see ourselves doing, or to be honest, (laughs) or it's just like you know what, even as bad is better than you know. That's I think everybody else and his worst is better than not people's best. So let's keep it in perspective. That yes, they deserve to be better. There's a lot of talk about the younger receivers uh, right now and getting open, and I'm sure the the Justin Ross conversation is going to continue to happen with people being confused. And I appreciate anyone who's listened to any of our shows (laughs) since. Training camp and the Justin Ross love came. Not that we don't think he's an immensely talented young player, but there's a lot that goes between highlights on social media right. and being able to step to on an NFL field against an NFL defense and be able to do the things that are needed to be done for this offense to function the way that it has with veteran receivers who are used to doing these things uh, with Patrick Mahomes. And I think that's why the offense isn't quite yeah. there yet. And we've talked about this over the last few weeks. Still good enough to get it done, still working towards them being on the same page mm-hmm. where it just clicks a little bit better and only they know the answers to exactly what's going on on any given play. But a lot of it, I think is just chalk it up to inexperience. Yeah. So the playbook, one player that uh, hasn't had a ton of experience, but is continuing to put up numbers and just came off the best game of his career. Number three, Isaiah Pacheco scores a thousand yards. Second year running back. Isaiah Pacheco reached the thousand yard rushing mark after recording 115 yards on 20 rushes Sunday night against the Jets. Mm. 115 rushing yards brings his career total to 1,100. Pacheco becomes the 36th player in franchise history to surpass 1,000 rushing yards, and he's the third active member of the team to do so, joining Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Patrick Mahomes. Pacheco also became the sixth fastest player in franchise history to reach 1,000 yards, doing so in just 21 career games. This is a kid's story who I love. 
I love this kid's story. Seventh rounder at a Rutgers. Comes from New Jersey, so it was kind of like a home game for him as well to do that in front of, I'm sure, a lot of people that he knows. And and had and not, the, not the easiest upbringing. Um, lost siblings. Had a lot of things that he went through personally. And the fact that he's able to do what he does on the field. This is me from like the journalist side of like the sappy sappy sides of things where you see what a player not only becomes on the field but off the field. His whole life has changed forever what he's been able to do with the Chiefs and it's all earned. You know, the fact that we we always joke about how we love watching him run and the fact that he's allergic to staying on the grass and he runs so aggressive, so angry. He's always like it's just like his arms pump faster than his legs can he's even angry run at the ground. Yeah. I love watching people describe how he runs because it's just like everyone has a new and a new way to say it. But it's impressive what he's been able to do in such a as such a young player in a short amount of time. And I know we keep talking about the second year players really coming out. If last year, I mean, if he ended last year after his his first year in the NFL, if that was the end of his entire NFL season or career, it would have been like, yeah, that was an, a phenomenal player. And yeah. the fact that he's continuing to pick up right where he left off and do even better, I see a huge, huge role for him in this new run game that the Chiefs are developing, yeah. and he's he's at the forefront of it. We saw this a few years ago where every once in a while the Chiefs running get the passing game just kind of stalls and the running game carries them. And right. the game that pops out to me was Clyde Edwards Elaire, but it's against the Bills a couple of years ago, where all of a sudden he just went off for like 130 yards oh. rushing. It's like when they needed him and they needed the running game to step up, came he came through. And part of a lot of these numbers, not that Pacheco doesn't run hard and that he doesn't turn a what would be a two yard run into a six yard run because of the way that he obviously runs hard, but the career long. He had a 48-yard rush in the game last night. Uh, it was the longest rush of his career, breaking his previous career long of just 31 yards. And then later, Pacheco put an exclamation point on his performance by reaching a new single-game high, uh, career high of 115 yards rushing. That broke his previous high of 107 yards that came last season uh, in Week 11 against the Chargers. But second time in his career, he's gone over 100 yards. And per next-gen stats, and these are always fun, Pacheco gained a career high 100 yards rushing after contact. Oh. 115 yards rushing on Sunday night against the Jets. According to Next Gen Stats, saying this again for effect, 100 of his 115 yards came after contact last night against the Jets. Pacheco has recorded the fourth highest success rate among running backs entering the NFL in 2022. Yeah. That was the fourth highest success rate of 45.8%. And on that 48-yard rushing touchdown, top speed was 19.35 miles per hour. His expected rush yards was nine. So rushing yards over expected was plus 39. Again, wow. according to next-gen stats, I'm not going to pretend to know how it works. I'm just going to take it for what it is. <laughs> That's pretty damn cool. Uh, 0.5% touchdown probability on his 48-yard touchdown run. The most improbable touchdown run of his career. Again, According to the people who do this, I was going to say nerds, but that's not fair. According to the people who figure these things out, Tucker's saying it's fair. Produce said it's fair. So according to the nerds and next-gen stats who come up with cool stuff that we all talk about to brag about our players, 0.5% touchdown probability on his 48-yard run. Much thanks to some good blocks. There were some good blocks, uh, but also... Smith killed the guy. He did. He did. So there will be a funeral. Expect it next week. So we should have done the start of this <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> That's a June episode. It's just a funeral for everyone that traces. Uh, you know, I mean, Vlad and the man. Uh, <laughs> thoughts and prayers. But I would say the, the the fact that you're mentioning the yards after catch, and you're mentioning the fact that he is just able to continue. 
he always and you, you see this even when he runs into a pile of <laughs> the, uh, the opposing team's defensive line somehow all of a sudden you see oh there's pop just popping right out on the other side he never stops moving his feet even when they're blowing the whistle to call the play dead he continues to move he continues to find ways he never stops and i think that that's incredible the, the fact that the chiefs have a player like him and and hopefully just yeah. continues to get better also you have clyde edwards larry you have jarek mckinnon they're helping you know kind of be bolster up that run game and then you had mahomes yesterday too so Working well. I just oh, like that. On the ground, looking good. I just like when he takes a big hit, he just pops back up. And he, like, he's back in the it's huddle before the guy game. tackled him even stands up. And he's like, where did the guy just tackle go? He's like, oh, he's chilling over there. Yeah. Like, he's fine. <laughs> he's back in the huddle. That was an impressive uh, touchdown run, though. I think that got everyone yeah. juiced up and excited to see what he does next week. I can't imagine how cool that must have felt for him. Two hours oh, sure. in his hometown, he breaks into the open field. And as soon as he turned it on, and cut back towards the middle. 19 miles per hour. Awesome. Pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty a good. Bit speedy. And what else is pretty good is the Chiefs offense in the first quarter. I this surprised me when I was looking through these. Uh this is number five, and then we'll take a break after this one. Uh we'll get some of the defensive stuff after this. Um uh, which is amazing that we're talking about the offense for the first half of the show, uh, based hey, on the like totality the of that performance. Um first half. But Chiefs racked up two hundred yards of offense in the first quarter of Sunday's game, marking the fourth best offensive output in terms of yards gained in a first quarter. For the Chiefs franchise dating back to 1991. The fourth most offensive yards in a mm. first quarter since 1991 was last night against the Jets. And all anyone's talking about is how bad the offense was. Uh, it's, what have you done for me late? Like, that's not a, probably a fair thing to say right there. But pretty crazy we're talking about how bad the offense was. And yet, the first quarter could not have started better. Uh, I think it was more than 1991. He's probably at 2000. What year were you born? 1998. It's like... Haley, I need to take a minute. I don't blame you after that. Jeez. Okay, anyways. um, (laughs) We always find the positive in things. So, there's a positive. I'm trying to play football for Blue High School in 1998. (laughs) It's bunting. I get bunt. All right. Uh, The other case for anybody listening to the audio or just generally curious on which games... The Chiefs have scored or had more than 200 yards uh, of offense in the first quarter. That would be 230 yards at Jacksonville on September 8th, 2019. I remember that one well. That was yeah. Miles Jack lost his mind and got thrown out and all hell broke loose at the beginning of the game. It was about 175 degrees on the field. I uh, will never forget that game. Um, number two at Tampa Bay, uh, November 29th, 2020, they had 238 yards. Also remember that one because I'm pretty sure that was after a bad loss. Can't remember which one. Yes. But it was one of those like, oh, I don't know if the Chiefs offense is going to be able to get right after a tough game. And they went out there and just absolutely. There was no crowd in that game too either. I remember that. Yes. So that and then finally, 243 yards against Denver on Christmas Day back in 2016. That all under Andy Reid. Seems to be good. Thank you. Yeah. He's, he's good at what he does. Do you want to talk about the second quarter? I want to throw to a break because right <laughs> okay. I'm still reeling over this. Tucker was born when I was in high school. So we'll be right back That's after this break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, 
Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back to 10 Things. I'm BJ Kissel. That's Haley Lewis. We just got done talking about the Chiefs offense. Let's talk a little bit about the Chiefs defense, yeah. Haley. You want to read? Uh... Legereus Sneed. Yeah, let's talk about Legereus Sneed. Okay, so he was aligned across from Garrett Wilson on 24 of 40 routes, aligning in press coverage on half of them. Sneed allowed just two receptions for 20 yards on six targets to Wilson, three of those being tight windows. He has allowed fewer than half of his targets, so that's 14 of 20, that's 48.3%, to be caught this season. Steed as the nearest defender in 2023. You can take away the stats right there and explain that in further detail for the nerds who are not myself. But that's impressive what he's been able to do. Yeah, according, this is per next-gen stats, the target EPA for... Legereus need is minus 14.1, which is third best in the NFL, which means when you throw it in, bad things happen. That's a really fancy way of saying that. Completion percentage when thrown his direction, 48.3%, which is third best in the league with a minimum of at least 20 targets. And then his coverage success rate, 72.4%, which is also third best in the NFL. Uh, you combine that with uh, pro football focus, having Trent McDuffie as the number one cornerback in the NFL, which I know they talked about on the broadcast a little bit last night. He is a blossoming star. You've got two absolute studs in the defensive backfield for the Chiefs right now. And that's not even talking about the player who made the right. game that we're going to talk to a little bit, talk about a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, Chiefs defense carrying things right now. And shout out Legereus Need. It, he was going to be a huge piece of this. Weren't sure with training camp and the knee and all the kind of issues and the kind of uncertainty uh, with him going into the year. It was great to see him go up against um, the fighting Garrett Wilsons. 
Coach Spikes always talks about how Sneed is one of those kids who just puts his head down, takes the criticism you give him, and gets the job done. He is a, and every time I've interviewed him, he is very short and to the point. He takes no credit for himself. He is just all about getting in, in the meetings and diving deep into the playbook and understanding his assignments and studying and, and being ready and prepared for moments like these. And I think that his name isn't brought up enough in what he does. I think it was earlier on, but just, I mean, obviously there are new flashier names and we'll talk about some of the stuff in the secondary, yeah. but Legereus Sneed is a cornerstone for for what gets done back there. And he is that leader. After Matthew left, yeah. when Tyron Matthew left, he was the guy who had to step up and fill that role. And he's been exceptional at it ever since. Yeah, I... So cool to see these, I basically. Feel this way. The players that were always really good and really humble and crediting everyone else, crediting their coaches, mm -hmm. or guys who credit like the scout team players, sure. helping them get ready sure. throughout the week. But then they'd be really like, you know, just humble and showing a lot of humility about everything. And they wouldn't talk a lot. Those are the guys I want to talk to more. I know. It was a like, guy that like really likes talking. It was a good sound like bite, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I want to talk to you. It's like, I don't really like talking to the media. I just want to play football. It's like, I know. Like, that's, <laughs> that's what fans love. Like, they don't. Want all that? So I with Coach Reed. Uh, yeah, he does the media. He's funny with it. Doesn't love doing it because he just wants to coach football. Yeah, which as a fan, that's exactly what you want. As a journalist, you want to be able to explain things, be able to create content, do your deal. Uh, but having players and coaches that just care about doing their jobs and being really, really good at that uh, is part of the the culture that's built. Let's be honest. So let's talk about uh, Chris Jones. Chris Jones got it done when he needed to at the end of the yep. first half. Uh, getting a sack of Zach Wilson, loss of eight yards. Yeah. Jones now recorded at least one sack in all three games he has played this season with three and a half total sacks on the year to lead the Chiefs defense. In addition to his sack, Jones racked up three tackles. Yeah, he was due up for that. He he had pressure all over Wilson, especially in the fourth quarter. And to see him be able to get that done, it was in a clutch situation. It saved the Chiefs. It put them back on, or Mahomes back on the field. And Mahomes was able to have that perfect drive to end things um, and, and ultimately get the win. But Jones coming up as a veteran player in clutch situations like that, knowing when a game is on, like this is not the first time with a game on the line that he has made a turnover. And, and or excuse me, well, technically, I guess, giving the ball back to Kansas City. But he coming up in those situations, I think, is the reason why he should be paid. Yeah. Like it's, 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 yes, he, he makes sacks. Yep. Yes. We, we get McDonald's on Mondays. That's great and all. But the fact that Chris making <laughs> Kansas City fatter for the last five years. It's really the fact that he is a veteran player who gets it done when it has to be done. Absolutely. In and segment. Boom. Mic drop. I should let it breathe a little <laughs> before I. Transition to George Karloftis because it's not on this list, but I got to shout out George Karloftis yeah. because we talk about Chris Jones getting the sacks. Uh, but a lot of times, and Haley, you've heard this uh, with the defensive coaches, it's not always the sacks, the pressures. It's used to Bob said you say it all the time. Spag said it too. Just get them off their spot. Mm -hmm. Just get the timing mixed up. Just get out of the rhythm and the within the framework of the play, the way that it's designed. Uh, get that's why it's got to be so frustrating for coaches to go up against Mahomes because you get him to out of timing, out of rhythm, and he just runs around and makes plays like he's running around in the backyard. But George Karloftis uh, has done a great job getting quarterbacks off their spot this year. He's got 20 quarterback pressures through four games, which is tied for seventh best in the NFL. I'm going to say it again. Wow. George Karloftis is tied for seventh with 20 pressures so far this year. And I read these earlier to Tucker. And just for uh, impact, here are the players that are around the same 
uh, number of pressures as George Karloftis is here. So the three with the most pressures are tied for first. Aiden Hutchinson, Micah Parsons, Max Crosby. Attracts. They're all pretty good. So fourth, Miles Garrett, 23 quarterback pressures. The top three guys had 27. Fifth, TJ Watt with 22 pressures. Also detracts. Sixth, Khalil Mack, 21. Tracks after yesterday. Kind of good the other day. Tracks, I don't know how many of the pressures. (laughs) Six of the sacks game yesterday. And then it's George Karloftis and Nick Bosa tied with 20 quarterback Mm. pressures. Vastly different paychecks between those two. Yes. Yes, it is. And the fact that, that, again, we've talked about it before, the Chiefs defense doing what they're doing without Charles Amenahu. Uh, who's brought in to oh my be gosh, that other complimentary piece. His ability on the inside to do, and they showed it on the replay, and all I could think about is I can't wait till the minute who's doing that. It's nothing to do with George Galoftis. We just talked about how great it is. But one of the plays where Zach Wilson got to the outside, yeah. and Karloftis uh, was lined up um, outside and did a stunt back to the inside and then chased Wilson from outside. And not that George Karloftis hasn't got a lot more athletic in his ability to turn and kind of run like that, mm-hmm. but that's the kind of play and moment that Charles Amenehu will bring down the quarterback in right. that play because he's just more athletically fluid uh, in turning the corner and doing some of those things that I cannot wait until he is back. Need Chris to stay healthy, Karloftis to keep doing what he's doing, get Felix to get you know some some wins uh, in some easier situations. He's going to be one-on-one. <laughs> the rest of these guys are going to be one-on-one. With Chris and Amenahu and with Karloftis, like it's, it's just it's working really, really well right now. And the Chiefs, what have two more games without Amenahu, and then once he gets back, whew, it's week. It's, it's fun. Is it weeks? It's week seven that he comes back, correct? I believe so. Right? Yeah. You know, it's, first call it? it's it's called that hip fluidity. Hip fluidity. That's what he's got. Called ankle flexion. Got that ankle. <laughs> I was the, I was always the one around draft. He's got ankle flexion, <laughs> and I remember. Bobby Shroop saying this because he would train like the quarterbacks are running in like the semicircles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like that drill, and, like that's training that little athletic fluid. I don't know what to call it, but yeah. you're running as fast as you can straight and then you turn at like a 60, 70 degree angle without slowing down. What you're saying is it's only going to get better for the Chiefs team. It's pretty good. It's going to get better. I'm excited. I like it. You know who else is getting better? Noah Gray. Okay. I didn't know if we were going like with the offense. I could have said that say. about any of these, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, the next three, yes. That okay. transition worked for any of them. But late in the first quarter, Noah Gray caught a 34-yard touchdown right. pass from Patrick Mahomes on the corner route. I remember actually sitting next to you. I was like, here comes the corner route to Justin Watson. And then it was Gray. And it was Gray. I was like, I was, <laughs> was right the route. Was but, route yeah. uh, wrong player. But uh, it was the first patch- passing touchdown of the night from Mahomes. It was Gray's longest reception of his career, which is a little surprising because he's made a handful of plays. He has, but he shows up just he he pops up here and there when it when it's needed he provides that yeah. depth um i don't think i think a couple of years back the chiefs really had an issue with depth at tight end because it was after travis kelsey was like ooh, mm-hmm. and now they brought him in at the next draft and then started really giving him a more catches but also just the fact that we've seen him grow as a player being able to come up clutch in those situations even in the loss week one against the lions he had a couple of impressive catches i can't remember when because i try to you know, reroute my brain to forget that entire game. But the fact that we're seeing him continue to grow as a player and, and come up in those situations, he he did that to a T, yeah. made an impressive catch, and gave Mahomes his 200th career touchdown. I say I was overly negative about Noah Gray, but I owe somewhat of an apology and didn't see it this. It wasn't really any flash. I didn't think there was going to be a ton of snaps that were going to give into him behind sure. Mahomes, uh, or excuse me, behind Travis Kelsey. 
and didn't see the role evolving for him the way that it has. And that is a hundred percent credit to Noah Gray's mental acuity of being able to play the tight end position that we talk about receivers and what that puts on him. Herbie Teope used to write about this a long time ago and what tight ends and Andy Reid's offense have to deal with mentally on where to line up and what to do in certain situations. Cause we talk about with receivers a lot. It's the same thing with tight ends, except sometimes they have to come in and block. They have blocking responsibilities yeah. that drastically could cause humongous issues. If you miss a block uh, and your quarterback gets laid out, but um, shout out to Noah Gray, uh, just kind of carving himself a role and really making some really, really big catches. Every time he catches it, I'm like, oh, nice job, Travis. Like, yeah, Travis is opening in. And it's, then you're like, oh, another kid. Noah Gray, good job, <laughs> bud. Uh, it's happened a few times over the last few years. But yeah, yeah shout out Noah Gray. Um, you know, his ability to, to get down the field, track a ball as a tight end, it, it's not easy. It's a, it's a testament to him. And I, again, it's more on the mental side that mm-hmm. impresses me for him to, to get the, the high leverage snaps that he's getting. He's coming in in some big moments and making some big time catches. Another guy who is coming in, big time moments, not necessarily the catches, but doing other things. Trip McDuffie. We we praised this guy a lot last last year, and I think a lot of people forget that last season he was hurt for for mm. the first. I think it was like six weeks that he almost six weeks that he was out. How long it was bothering him, but yeah, right. Some time I really. And then so he goes on with six six tackles, five of those being solo. Finished second on the team in tackles. He finished as the team's first or second leading tackler in three of the Chiefs' first four games this season. He leads the team in tackles this season, 16, nine of which are solos. Again, he racked up two forced fumbles and a quarterback pressure in the pass. What were you saying? The, the He's a good football player. What, were, what was the stat that came out that you were saying they said on the broadcast? And then... Um, He's number score. one. Yeah, okay, so that's that's... That already came out. Yeah, he had okay. been number one going into that game, and That's everybody was talking about it because... They continued to be? Yes. Okay. I'm assuming that he continues to be uh, the number one cornerback. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know who's number two. I know DJ Reed is up there. Yeah. Sauce Gardner's not, according to pro football no, folks' no, numbers. Um, but it's always interesting to have Collinsworth on there talking about guys and then having the PFF grades right there, which normally for the Chiefs haven't been great, so it was kind of cool that... A player is ranked number one. That, uh, yeah, it's impressive. Who's three? I, oh, now he's number three. three. Who's number one and two, Tuck? Uh, Isaac Yodum. Isaac Yodum. Yeah. And uh, this kid, this guy's played three snaps this year. Uh, Hugo Amadi has played three snaps for New Orleans. Both these guys from New Orleans are one and two. Uh, but Trent McDuffie has played 235 snaps this year and is the... If you say if you cut it off at like 150 snaps, mm-hmm. the guys who play consistently, he's number one. So he's still number one. We're still he's still number one. Yeah, we can we can we can make this like we can make this fit our argument. Yeah, we can move the goalposts. Make it yeah, fit my we narrative. Put, we can do it. We can do it. <laughs> we can put as many. They keep adding stats and all these little filters. We can keep changing them uh, until it says what we want it to. But yeah. Anyways, that's a kid who I loved watching him during the draft. Uh, Washington takes, you know, huge pride in how they develop DBs. And then to see him transition so quickly over to the NFL, pick up the game speed. I, I remember talking with Steve Spagnolo about that. I said, did you actually think he was going to be that good? And he goes, I mean, you just never know. <laughs> like, you never know with young players. They come in, they get it done. And it's been a wonderful blessing that they've been so good. Um, but he's obviously, you know, leading leading the charge there, and especially with those second-year players. Had some big plays in the AFC Championship game last year, and then 
rolls on through. You know, I had a big play in the game last night. Yeah, you were. You want to talk about him? You take it away. He. Did. I was excited because this it is. Was, it was impressive. I teased at the beginning of the show. There are going to be a handful of things that I remember from that game, like three months from now. Like yeah. we'll forget the rest of it, uh, unless you have like a Patrick Mahomes, you know, idactic memory. And you remember everything. Uh, I will remember Isaiah Pacheco's run and just his performance because he was close to a hometown. You like humanize, yeah, the guys. Like he's close to his hometown. I'm sure he had a lot of family and friends and uh, people that knew him there. They were watching or they cared about him. Uh, so it's cool. But Brian Cook's tackle on the open field, as soon as it happened, tweeted out, I'm like, that was the biggest play of the game. Especially I want to wait until after they didn't score on that drive, which they didn't. Uh, But that was such a difficult tackle running with the guy right behind you with a blocker in the open field. Nobody nobody within maybe 10 or 15 yards. Wait till the all 22 angle comes out to see exactly where everybody else was at. But Brees Hall is going to score if Brian Cook doesn't make that tackle. (laughs) Brian Cook made that tackle. Jets don't end up scoring. And at that point, the game was tied at 20 to 20. It was the end of the third quarter. I think it was about four minutes left to go in the in the third quarter at that time. Pretty sure he made but, his blocker trip trip up and then was able to take him down. Like the the awareness yeah. while you're running full speed to be able to do that. But we talk about margin of error and all NFL games come exactly. down to yep. seven to ten plays. Uh, and that was one of them for the Chiefs. And they made the play and they got it done. Obviously, there's some stuff for the Jets on their end with like the Zach Wilson fumble on the snap. And some other things that they would have liked, especially with some of the ref stuff that we haven't even got into. Um, I don't like talking about refs after the game uh, unless it's the Jawan Taylor lining up type thing, uh, some of the judgment calls. But Brian Cook making that tackle is is a play that as long as Brian Cook is with the Chiefs, I will probably remember that tackle because of how much and how important I think that was. I think good teams, championship-type teams win games when they're not at their best especially on the road in prime time when you're taking everybody's best shot, you need players to step up and make plays. And Brian Cook stepped up when his team needed him. I think that's the overall theme of this game, right? Championship teams win when they play their worst game in prime time and still find a way to win on offense and defense. I mean, this is just another situation where you see the Chiefs not playing to their full potential and still being able to beat another NFL team. Yeah, and we saw it last year, obviously. Zach Wilson's best game, mind you. (laughs) That's the only thing that's interesting. I, it was impressive. I kind of hope the lights came on for Zach Wilson because I kind of, as just a human being, kind of feel bad for him a little bit. He had been so bad uh, at the beginning of his career, and they brought in Aaron Rodgers to give him like a red shirt year in the middle of his career mm-hmm. uh, to kind of sit back and watch a professional do it. All the fans are excited, and all of a sudden Rodgers gets hurt, and it's like, oh, crap, we got this guy again. Yeah. That's not going to help his confidence at all. And so I, I felt bad for him. It, I think some of the Chiefs players even felt bad because there were a lot of guys after the game. And I went over and talked to them. Yeah. And this is where, Haley, you can attest to this because you've been there too. I don't know if the Chiefs players went out of their way to praise Zach Wilson or if a Jets beat reporter was in there asking the Chiefs players specifically about Zach Wilson. I think it was say nice uh, because you saw even Chris Jones talking to, to Rodney Harrison, I think it was, on on broadcast. And, and not to down or get after Harrison for that, but he kind of baited him trying to bait Chris into talking crap on, on Zach Wilson and Chris gotcha. took it perfectly and he rerouted the question, gave him praise and I think it might have mm. been a Jets beat reporter in the locker room try- it, from baiting point. for a soundbite? Yes. No way. <laughs> no, that, no way. Not trying to get that clickbait, right? And then everyone, well, here's the thing, Reed, Reed shuts that crap down so fast, right? Yeah. And so he, they, they all have it drilled in their head. Don't give don't give them what they're they're trying to get after. I mean, you saw even Willie Gay like said one quote about, and he wasn't even saying it in a bad bad light, and that one blew up. You know, yeah. so it's just 
being careful about what you say. But I don't I don't think they were like purposely complimenting him. Yeah. More so just gotcha. Being, I'm not gonna get trouble for I just wish that players could come out and say, Hey, he's in the NFL, he's super talented, but at our level, he's not been very good. Yeah. If we come out and play our best, they're not gonna be very good. But but they get torn apart for saying that, you know. Yeah, they can't be honest in that kind of way. But looking through some of these games last year, I'm just looking through the schedule. Obviously, Chiefs win the Super Bowl and and people wondering, you know, I'm not trying to fast forward through the regular season to only get to the playoffs and just kind of skip through all of this. But when I say like survive and advance, just win the game and move on, the Chiefs won a lot of games last year where they didn't play their best football and they still eked it out, ended up not mattering. All the, the issues that we talk about in the 24 hours after each of these games. I mean, in week five last year, they beat the Raiders by one. And then in week nine, they beat the Titans in overtime by three. And then they beat the, in week 11, the Chargers by three then lost to Cincinnati and then won a one-score game against Denver in the game that we all remember, and then goes to overtime against Houston, another team that wasn't very good that gave the Chiefs their absolute best shot. This is what it's going to be. The Chiefs aren't going to come out and just blow everybody out every week because they are going up against the defending Super Bowl champions, and all of the players they're playing up against, all of their friends and family want to know, how are you going to do against Mm -hmm. Mahomes? You're going up against the best player. You're going with all these celebrities, and everybody's following them around now. It's just putting an even bigger target on their back yeah. to say I picked off, you know, Patrick Holmes and Wolverine was watching from the box. Like it, it's How just we not mentioned that we haven't got it okay. because we cover football. Yeah, here, here's what I did say. <laughs> Love that we can talk about it. Robbie Harrison called Zach Wilson garbage in his post game and tried to bait mm. Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones into agreeing with him. Chris Jones completely shut it down, gave Zach Wilson high praise. Yeah, I don't get that. I I, I saw some reports I like after. That the game maybe a couple weeks ago where this defensive player there's a report from one of the new york papers saying like some of the defensive players were complaining saying we can't win with this guy and that there was these issues within the locker room yeah i saw that uh stuff just annoying. like don't love it don't lie we've been out we've been out teams too much for like that kind of crap to to fester he needs down in our team i just hate that crap yeah i'm i'm with you on the uh, i like being a player's advocate and that's the stories that I will share. Team, team players. Yep, there we go. All right, so let's go through some extra points here very, very quickly to wrap up this show. But Andy Reid making history, tying Tom Landry with 250 wins. I thought he did it last week. I saw the same. It was, so I think that's in regular season wins. That was overall wins, I think, what we saw last week. And this is regular season wins. I need to, okay. They said yeah. to figure out a way to put it back in there. I'm getting the nod. Okay, so that. So this is regular season wins. Perfectly not confusing. Got it. Nope. All right, Mike Edwards in the backfield. Mike Edwards brought, about Zach? I about that. brought down Zach Wilson. Zach for the first quarter for loss of 10 yards. A 10-yard loss put the Jets behind the sticks, leading to a New York punt three plays later. This served as Edwards' first sack as a member of the Chiefs and brought his career total to three. Edwards was disruptive on Sunday night, adding a season-high four solo tackles and a pass defensed along with his sack. I like that. It takes everybody. Everybody's got to step up and make a play when their time is called. And the beautiful thing about the Chiefs is they've had a history of all the guys being ready. And that's why going back to training camp, all those things, Andy Reid preaches when your time is called, be ready to step up and make a play. And Chiefs have always been really good about that. Turk also had a really good play, recovering that fumble. Him coming back from an ACL injury last season. Mm. Great to see him do that. And then Drew Tranquil filling in for, for Nick Bolton. Another exceptional game for him. Eight tackles, seven of those solo. He had that forced fumble, 19-yard line in the second quarter of the matchup or on Kansas City's 19-yard line. So, ready to have Nick Bolton back, but he's fielding and done an exceptional job for him. Between, his first year. Absolutely. Between Nick Bolton not being there and we talked about Charles Amenahu, 
not being there, it would uh, be a beautiful thing. Have we missed anybody? I think we talked through the entire roster uh, yeah. of what we've done. Tucker, did we miss anybody? We didn't talk about Travis Kelsey. Had six catches for 60 yards. Team had nine targets. The long of 16. I mean, the only thing, the only other thing we could ever talk about would be penalties. And I really don't have the... <laughs> I thought you were going to say Taylor Swift, nope. Sophie Turner. I, I, I'm not a pop culture girly. Mike I Jackson. don't understand it all. Um, Tupac hologram. Well, they caught the guy that put the hit out. But I do think you had a wonderful idea shout of making a dream to the game out of how many times they showed her on TV. I said, shout out because to uh, Harold Coots. Been... They kept on. track. It was 24. 24 mentions or shots or like uh, mentions or like put her on camera. 24 times. That's, that's a lot. It's a lot for anybody. But again... I get it in that we're talking about the most popular yes. superstar in the world. Uh, <laughs> this sounds so bad, like in her prime. Like, she's single. She's like yeah, in that no, age she's, where she's, she's out like having fun. Yeah, she's doing great. She's doing her thing. She's out having fun. And Kelsey and, and company are doing the same thing. And I just love yeah. that this team is ready for something like this to not be a distraction. Like, that's the part that I love yeah. about this is I don't think there's even a, an ounce of iota of distractions with everything we've seen so far. Uh, with any of this is the only thing that would really get in the way of what they're doing, but they know what to do. They've got a target on their back and they're living in the moment. This is cool again, that it's ha- all happening in Kansas city and all this attention is surrounding the chiefs and, and our community. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, Cardi B was at town topic last night. I did not know that. The celebs are coming to Kansas Just being, she was just out standing, sitting on a little, Concrete slab right there to the side, waiting your turn, and Cardi yep. B walks up. Yep. Can't say is a place, an interesting place to be right now. So lots of fun things coming up. Chief school on the road next week again. Tucker, right. I'm put you on the spot. Who'd you say was moving to Kansas City? Uh, except Rocky and Rihanna have reported. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. This show's about to take a whole other turn. Yeah, I, there's I looked and I was like, what? No, they're not. There's rumors that they bought a house in Kansas City off of Ward Parkway. Goodness. Look at me. <laughs> our history together makes you think I could add any color to anything about that. Listen, I mean, ASAP Rocky did shoot a recent music video in Kansas City. He is on record as saying he really does like Kansas City um, as, a, as a city itself. He shot it, I believe, down in Westport or the West Bottoms. I can't remember. One of the Wests. So he liked it so much on his trips. Like, you know what? I'm going to buy a house here. And it could be, I, I did see some people speculate that it could be an investment property that he bought. Um, but. That makes more sense than like, he had a route of settling down and in Liberty. It's just for hanging out. Great area. Spanning north. Oh, okay. I, well, I don't know. I'm, I shouldn't say that. That's probably not fair, but I would just be very surprised. Um, all the places. Are we going to add a pop culture podcast to Kansas City Sports Network? Listen, I could. I what could, was Ken's idea? He called it the uh, Red. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, let's get out of this one. We have enough shows. We appreciate everybody for supporting this one. And if we missed any of the 10 things or if there's anything specific that we talked about that you really like, please let us know in the comment section or leave us a review if you're listening on the podcast audio channels, whether it's Apple, Spotify. Please leave us um, a rating and a review. It does help us reach more people and we can do more things. Uh, And special shout out again to Mission Taco Joint. Go grab yourself an any given holiday cocktail. They're very, very good and supporting a great cause. And if you go on Tuesday, make sure to mention KCSN and get 10% off. You want to close it out? Or we just Ooh. did. 
Show's over, folks. And thanks for spending part of your day with us. Only Weird Games live at 4.30, Lab live at 8 tonight on Monday. If you're listening to this the next day, make sure to go listen to them. I'm sure they will be highly entertaining. (laughs) See y'all later.